This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing, and today I'm joined by David Lockie, founder and director of Pragmatic. Hello, David. Hi, Andy. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. How is your day? Uh, so far, so good. And uh, today we're talking about WooCommerce in particular, aren't we? I mean, generally uh, commerce, e-commerce on WordPress, but, but with particular reference to WooCommerce. Um, but before we get down to that, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks. So I'm founder and director of Pragmatic Web Limited. We are one of the UK's biggest specialist WordPress agencies. Um, I think probably one of the fastest growing too. My background is I'm a zoologist, naturally. Now I build WordPress sites. I discovered WordPress when I was building some uh, websites for friends and family. It was the only CMS I could get to actually install and run at the time. I think I tried Drupal, Joomla, and WordPress was the third time was the charm. So uh, ever since then, I've just thought it works really well. It's really intuitive to pick up and there's a lot of resources out there to get going with. So over time I sort of tended into becoming a WordPress developer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got busier and busier and eventually had to take somebody on to stay sane and um, keep doing all the work that was coming through the door. And so kind of by accident, I found myself running a WordPress business. But interestingly, I've since found a passion for doing it. Um, I think sometimes you have to do something for a while to realize that you, you're doing it because there's something in there that you love. And for me, it was the love of being able to help people achieve what they wanted to, to do, um, either personally or, or with their business online. And WordPress is such a powerful engine for doing that, that that's what resonated with me personally. Um, and then when WooCommerce came along, uh, sort of extended WordPress's mission to democratize publishing into democratizing e-commerce so it means that anyone and everyone can sell uh, online and create livelihood and income and value and i'm really aligned with that so woocommerce has, has made wordpress into an even more exciting space well, we'll come on to WooCommerce in a minute, but I have to say I'm I'm flabbergasted because I also am a zoologist. <laughs> what are the chances? What are the chances? Which makes me think that you have to be a zoologist to go into WordPress. <laughs> it's a precondition. It's a precondition. You have to have a degree in zoology. Where did you get your degree? Just out of interest. Manchester. Oh, I was in Hull. Uh-huh. In Hull, where it snurs down the road. Yeah, both up north. Yeah, both up north. Anyway, let's get back to WooCommerce, otherwise we'll have an entire conversation about uh, degrees in zoology, um, or misplaced degrees in zoology. Um, <laughs> so, so give us a brief history of um, sort of WooCommerce and its relationship with WordPress. So WordPress is, just to cover this off, WordPress is an open source content management system owned by the WordPress Foundation and licensed under a GPL license. So it's free as in freedom and also free as in beer. You can download it and get going with it yourself. For many years, WordPress was a blogging platform and it kind of morphed into a general purpose content management system. Mm. And one of the things it always struggled with was e-commerce. So even perhaps four years ago, even perhaps three years ago, my advice was like, if you need to do e-commerce and you want to run WordPress, then fire up a separate shop on Shopify or Big Cartel or a dedicated shopping platform because it was all just 
too complicated to do with WordPress and yeah. too risky as well. Mm. Then along came sort of a few different e-commerce plugins uh, at a similar sort of time. So the original incarnation of WooCommerce was something called JigoShop, and it morphed into, uh, by one way or another, morphed into WooCommerce, and suddenly somebody had created an e-commerce plugin. And to be fair, there are others out there as well, but somebody had created an open source e-commerce plugin that was really intuitive for both developers and end users of WordPress to get their head around. Mm. Came with um, you know, a section for products and a section for orders. And if you could create a blog post, you could create a product. And if you could put in a PayPal address, you could get paid. So suddenly, the barrier to entry for e-commerce and WordPress was pretty much zero if you knew how to upload a plugin. Yes. So we really went from a situation where WordPress was extremely popular, running over 20% of the world's websites, but not having an effective e-commerce facility to three or four years later. WooCommerce is now the single biggest e-commerce platform online, sitting riding on the back of um, the success and sort of omnipresence of WordPress. So if we sort of look at uh, WooCommerce now, sitting on WordPress, what can you actually do with it? You can do an awful lot with WooCommerce, and one of the strengths is that you can do it in quite an integrated way. So you can sell simple products, T-shirt. You can sell digital products, like a premium plugin for WordPress. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can sell subscription-based services, and that can be for either physical or digital products. So it could be a physical mag- magazine or um, entry to a, a club, or it could be that you um, subscribe to access premium content on a website and obviously with WordPress's content management heritage, that's a a really lovely way to use e-commerce with WordPress. You can also do some other things. You can sell tickets for events and take payment for pretty much anything. And you can do that in a sort of integrated checkout experience as well. So you can sell somebody a physical product, a digital product and an event ticket all at once, all through the same account experience and all using the same on-site user journeys so it's a very flexible e-commerce platform okay and does it does it just integrate with paypal or does it integrate with other things as well no there's um plugins for pretty much any payment gateway that's out there you can run sort of pci dss compliant e-commerce through wordpress so that's where you store all of the credit cards on your own server and you take on responsibility for all that data it's not something would ever recommend because yeah. there are a wealth of credit card payment processes like Stripe that offer the same sort of experience but through yes. a hosted checkout. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we tend to look at PayPal because everyone's got PayPal, Stripe because it's the best credit card processor here in the UK, yeah. and bank transfers and checks if applicable as well. Wow. Now, it, it does sound like a very good thing, but obviously we need to know uh, the, the, the good and the bad. What are the limitations of, of WooCommerce, David? Really important question. E-commerce involves not just people's um, money, but also their information as well. So for a typical WordPress site, you won't be collecting people's names, addresses, phone numbers, and other sensitive information. Mm. And with e-commerce, you kind of have to like that even if you're not storing the payment method details so credit card numbers on your site you're still responsible for 
your customers' personal information. If you're running something like an exclusive club and you've got high-profile members, then they have to put their real billing address details into your site. So there's a very high level of responsibility that you take on when you run e-commerce on WordPress. And that, that means that you have to have a security policy, be mindful of security issues and, and generally be a good custodian of that data in compliance with um, data protection laws. Yeah. Other, other more practical limitations are multi-currency. Um, multi-currency isn't a native part of WooCommerce. There are a couple of sort of hacky ways around it, some less awful than others. There, is, there are ways around it from a kind of business logic point of view. So often if we're running multi-currency, that's because we're running multilingual. And if we're running multilingual, there's often an argument to run them as standalone sites on either on separate domains or um, subdirectories. But as soon as you start changing a language, and often a large amount of the site's content and therefore content structure will change. So it's often the case that when we run multi-currency, we, we bypass that by essentially having two websites. Yes, yes. And you need to be aware of the amount of code that an e-commerce solution adds to your WordPress instance. So it's a pretty big plugin, and you'll probably have some other fairly meaty plugins running uh, alongside it. And as soon as you start adding code to your WordPress application, then when updates come along, you've got an increased chance of there being some sort of effect. Usually it's a beneficial effect, more features, more speed, but sometimes it can be a breaking effect as well. So it might be that uh, there's a new layout for your checkout table. And if you've overwritten some of that code, you can kind of hook into and override bits of code in a sort of best practice way, but you're still essentially overriding it. So sometimes you need to revisit old code and bring it up to speed. And it's just a a bigger task to maintain. Yeah, certainly a very good uh, argument for having a staging environment, isn't it? Absolutely. And to run maintenance little and often is our experience rather than waiting six months and then updating everything in one go and trying to diagnose back from a white screen of death. If you're running yeah. small amounts of um, updates, both to WordPress core and your plugins and themes every month, there'll be a smaller number of potential culprits and it's easier to track back and, and work out what's caused the issue. Now, why do you think WooCommerce and WordPress have taken off perhaps better than others? I think much like WordPress, it's, it was kind of in the right place at the right time. So when WooCommerce came along, 20% of the world's websites, according to most sources, were, were running WordPress. So that's, a, that's not a standing start, right? You've already got 20 million users that are three clicks away from having e-commerce up and running. Mm. That's a heck of a lot shorter user journey than somebody that's looking at standalone platforms, has to make a buying decision, has to go out, set set things up from scratch. So um, it's a really low barrier to entry. And I think it's very much, it's in line with the nature of WordPress in that it's extremely flexible. You can kind of purpose it around whatever business you're running, whether you're selling a coffee subscription or you're selling customizable t-shirts. You can do it with WooCommerce. It's very adaptable. Yeah. Ultimately, it's it's low cost, it's easy, and um, it plays to WordPress's core strength, which is content. You know, really, products are content. And if you're going to market your products effectively, it's about content marketing as much as it is technical on-site SEO or social media activity. You've got to have a really rich 
uh, content structure around your product so that to Google you're presenting the very best face of that product content. And that's what WordPress lets anyone that can post a blog post do. Now, I know we have to be careful with company names and things, but can you give us a couple of um, case studies about where, where you've used this and it's worked really well? So one would be Clean and Lean. This is really a very well-known um, well-being philosophy and lifestyle shop. They were an online editorial magazine, but they needed to implement e-commerce to, to make their uh, product lines available and to implement their e-commerce strategy. So this was you know, a relatively straightforward shop selling health and well-being products. There was a couple of regions involved, so we took the approach that I talked about earlier. We just have two sites running. They have slightly different content strategies, and uh, they run in different currencies. And that's, um, you know, that's a really cost-effective way of servicing what's actually like a super complex uh, requirement set. Yeah. Multi-currency, multilingual, multi-region, lots of different shipping rules. So that's, that's quite a straightforward case study. Uh, another one would be PEI Media. They're a specialist financial information business based in London, but with offices worldwide. So they, they have teams of journalists and editors, and they go out and collect specialist financial information about secondaries markets and mm. agri-investment, lots of crazy complex financial market information that is it, it has a value in itself it gives the people that access it a competitive advantage and they also put on events and produce certain products like data products and books they had an incumbent cms but they needed a more agile startup way of addressing markets to see where there was traction and to test out business ideas so it's kind of a startup within um, an established business yeah and so that's what we've worked with them over the last couple of years to, to roll out it's kind of a series of these smaller sites they're more nimble more agile selling premium content memberships to to people that operate in specialist financial markets all over the world so that's a nice example of am i right in thinking that uh you, you obviously pay a fee and then you you get access online to sort of premium content or do they sort of send it to you how does how does that work yeah, no, you're exactly right. So uh, one would visit the site. You get a, a few articles for free by registering your yeah. details so the, the public can see nothing. If you're registered, you get a certain number of uh, free views per month. And then if you want unlimited access and access to certain other subscription benefits, then you pay an annual fee. Cool. A lot of our listeners are probably quite keen to give us a try. Are there some sort of like you know, top tips, things to recommend, things to avoid, you know, uh, best practices when using WooCommerce? Yeah, it's thanks for the opportunity to talk about this. It's really important that when people will try WooCommerce and WordPress for e-commerce that they come away, come away with a good experience. And there are, it's a bit of a buyer beware, right? I mean, it's free, it's open source. It doesn't mean you install it all and it's going to do what you want. Um, so I'd say it's always good to get expert advice, not only about the technical implementation, but also talking through what your business objectives are. So let's make sure before you spend money on production that you've got a very good idea of what's possible what the limitations are what everyone's expectations are what your responsibilities over time look like um so start in alignment whoever you're going to be working with to deliver the site mm -hmm. secondly choose a good web hosting provider so there's a chasm in difference between cheap website hosting and specialist managed wordpress hosting yeah um for a long time, I thought it was too expensive and went with cheap 
WordPress hosting. And actually, after some pain with that sort of um, approach, I realized that what you're paying for with a managed WordPress hosting solution is really excellent value. So you're looking at things like sites that are actually fast, they're backed up automatically, you've got some workflow things in there like staging site creation, mm. they'll often work with security partners or have WordPress specific security um, implementations, configurations around their infrastructure because when you know the application that you're optimizing for, you can actually go a heck of a lot further. If anyone's ever tried to implement a WordPress caching plugin beyond kind of just installing it and turning it on, you'll know how complicated that can get yes. very quickly. So, um, first hand experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, so a lot of people just turn it off for that reason. And in fact, I would argue that using uh, a good WordPress hosting provider, for that reason alone, the joy of never having to install and configure a complicated WordPress hosting plugin, uh, caching plugin, is, is worth every penny. Yeah. So um, we're industry partners with WooCommerce, but also with WP Engine, who are specialists. They're the kind of the leading managed WordPress hosting provider across the world, and they provide an excellent service both for sort of people that are running a single site and also for businesses that need uh, reliable technology partners so that they can concentrate on the bits which do create value for their business. So definitely invest in hosting. It's worth every penny, especially if you find that you've got yourself hacked through some unfortunate reason, then having yesterday's backup and a specialized team on hand to help you out is is going to save you big time. Absolutely. The other thing is just like beware of the final thing that I'd say in terms of recommendations is like be wary of installing plugins freely. Um, each plugin adds code complexity and uh, you know a level of risk to your WordPress uh, application. So do your research carefully, not just in terms of your requirements. You know, do you really need you know, image carousel plus plus, but you know, what are the, what are some of the characteristics of that plugin? You know, has the developer released other plugins? Are there any reviews for it? Are there lots of uh, resolved or unresolved support tickets? How frequently has it been updated? When was it last updated? So there's, there's some research to do, you know, if you just go with the stars, then you're taking a, a decent risk. But um, the information's out there. It's worth putting a couple of minutes of research into plugin decisions before you just go ahead. Yeah, it's interesting. You were saying actually about um, checking you know, when the last activity on the plugin was, because it's just the same uh, when we're looking at sort of things like Ruby gems. Because I'm a Ruby developer, and uh, one of the first things we tend to look at is you now how long has it been since somebody committed to that project and if it's like six years you tend to avoid it like the plague yeah it's um software projects have their own momentum and each plugin is a software project in its in its own right so unless you want to take on ownership and responsibility for that that plugin that code then make sure that there's somebody else that is yes yeah well, David, it's been so useful. I mean, uh, you know, e-commerce and finding a decent and, and usable way of uh, taking payments is is something that is extremely useful. And uh, a lot of our listeners may find that quite a revelation. How can our listeners find out more about you and more about Pragmatic? 
Well, we have a website, pragmatic-web.co.uk. Um, so that's a that's a good starting point. We're on Twitter, and we um, we make a real big investment on writing blog posts, um, ones that we find useful ourselves or our clients have asked us. So we tweet those out at Pragmatic Web with no hyphen on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in the south of England, in Brighton, we host, well, we co-organize monthly WordPress meetups. Uh, we're always pleased to see new faces. I am speaking at the WooCommerce uh, conference, so WooConf in Austin, Texas in April. And I'm also on a panel at WordCamp London in April, and we'll all be attending WordCamp Europe in Vienna in June. So lots of WordCamps and uh, wooing for me this year. Um, <laughs> and I would, I, would, I would love to meet any of your listeners there. Fantastic. Thanks a lot, David. So thanks for listening, everyone. The uh, show notes are in the usual place, sitevisibility.com slash podcast. Uh, we're on iTunes and Stitcher, and we love reviews. So if you want to give us a review, that's great. Um, if you want to connect with me personally, I'm Dr. Pod on Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, mention the IM podcast when you connect, then I know who you are. And uh, two ways to get hold of us. Uh, email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. Uh, if you've got questions or comments, by the way, this is this is where to send them. Or the phone line is plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. Well, that's it from me, Andy, and it's all from David. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Mm-hmm.